Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo. What's up, dude? Not shit, man. Can you hear me okay? I, I've only got one AirPod in. Yeah, I can hear you all right. Oh, what man. happened to the other AirPod? Bro, so I got into this very terrible habit of... um. I have this sleep, this music that I use to help me go to sleep, and I started using an AirPod in one ear when I go to sleep, and... Oh, shit. Terrible habit. Can't be good for you, but... um. Yeah, so I've lost one. That's a fucking shame. Oh, it is. It kills me. Sounds like you need to get the, well, I guess the wired ones wouldn't help either. I was going to no. say get some wired ones. I mean, so you once you, them, but that would be just. I mean, once you get, you know, AirPods, like, you can't go back to the wires. No, you can't. It's bad. Yeah, we're. That's how they get your ass. We're very spoiled generation and they're like all right you got to spend 250 bucks just to listen to anything <laughs> yeah you fucking chumps <laughs> get wrecked it's around here somewhere though i'll find it eventually but you'll you'll lose the other one and then you'll find the one that you lost the first time oh my god i would be beyond pissed <laughs> you should have even put that out there man i'm i'm sorry yeah well hey if it happens i'll buy you a new pair of airpods don't hold me to that actually but... i'm not going to not gonna <laughs> but hell yeah dude i'm stoked to start to chat today um i'll let let it go a few more minutes let some more people file in here i just like popped off a tweet about it I'm gonna oh i need to do throw in some dms but Need to do the same. Get some people in here, and then we can get started. I've been looking forward to this all day. I have too, man. I have too. Just been trying to get everything that needed to be done done before six because it's six thirty my time. So it's like right. I'm actually gonna have to have a BLT brought to me for dinner. But like, I didn't want to push it, you know, to seven thirty my time. That's kind of late for everyone else you know so i thought i thought you moved back east i thought or is that not happened yet that is happening i thought you were moving out of the central oh fuck yeah yeah pretty stoked about it we actually just found the house uh a couple weekends ago maybe it was last week well hell yeah yeah we I went back to play at a golf tournament and my dad hit me up and was just like, Hey, found you a place. I was like, Oh man, now it's real. That's crazy, man. Moving's moving's one hell of a process though. And especially, I don't know with you and all your canvases. I'm sure that's like a thing in and of itself to get all that shit moved as well. Yeah. I'm actually extremely nervous about that. Because, like, you know, probably half of them are framed, too. And, like, you get them, you damage them when they're framed. Like, I don't know how how easy it is to save them. So I'm a little concerned about that. So. I'm I'm sure it'll all go over well, man. Yeah, surely I'll be able to keep them safe. I'll wrap them in a big I'm sure you will. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Get a get a big comforter, maybe even just buy another extra comforter just to just to give them some extra cushion in the yeah for in sure. the van when you're moving them. Let me get this but, tweet right. out here. Cool, and then we can get started here in a sec. After that, 
Hello, friends that are joining us. Thank you for being here. We're about to get started here soon. Just letting a few more people file in. <clears throat> Shout out to Dallas and the audience. That's a, that's a good friend of mine from back in the day. Played baseball together and stuff. Oh, Shout yeah. out to Dallas. It's a, it's a Tennessee space tonight. Yeah, man. man. Gotta, yeah, it's the takeover. Yeah, buddy. Tennessee takeover. You've got a little bit more of the accent than I do, but... I've I've got a little bit. I'm I'm sure mine will start coming out the more we talk tonight. It's, it's wild, dude, because like it's one of those it's always been one of those things where whenever I'm it, with the people that I went to school with and stuff, they act like I'm not from Tennessee. Like I don't talk like I'm from Tennessee. But then I used to go spend time in Ohio and shit in the summer and they acted like I was just fucking cotton eye Joe, dude. <laughs> and I was always like, what? It's, that doesn't make any sense. Like, nobody thinks I sound Southern in Tennessee, but then I go up to fucking Ohio and I sound like Dakota Joe. Yeah, dude, I've, I've spent my whole life trying to keep the accent away, but it, it always comes back. You can't, you can't ever get rid of it. Oh, it'll pour, it'll pour it's part of us eventually, like no matter how hard you try to fight it. Oh, yeah. I'm sure the older I get, too, the worse it's going to get. So, Oh, for sure. It is what it is. Mine's actually gotten worse. Damn, that's not what I wanted <laughs> to hear, but it, it is what it is. Well, dude, me and, my, me and my friends, we always used to, like, jokingly talk like that. Like, we yeah. would say, we, every, every time we saw each other, we'd be like, well, what do you say, buddy? And... And that's how it starts. And now it's like, dude, I can't help but to say, you know, like, what do you say? And the, to people that don't, that aren't from here, they're like, what? 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 Do you mean hi? It's... <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, what do you say? Yeah, that's pretty common. It's wild. The vernacular down here is pretty crazy. People don't get it. They don't. Appalachia. It's different. But, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get started, man. Uh, Thanks for joining us tonight, taking some time out of your evening. I know you're a busy guy, a dad, all that good stuff, but also making a lot of really, really amazing art. Um, If you want to just give a little, like, short intro about yourself for anybody that doesn't quite know who you are, and then we can get rolling. Yeah, so my name's John. Uh, I'm from, from East Tennessee, currently in Cookville, Tennessee. Um, I'm an artist, graphic designer, painter, which is an artist, but, um, yeah, that's father of three, fiance of one. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much my whole life. (laughs) Not a lot to me. That's, that's not bad though. An artist, a dad. That's about all you need in life, really. Yeah. Um, but dude, I've always been curious because we've we've been like mutuals for a bit, and as we, you know, both hailing from Tennessee, I think we kind of had a little bit of bond over that. As soon as we kind of realized that we're both, you know, from the same area, kind of have some of the same influences in our, in our work. Because I do a lot of stuff that's inspired by the mountains, do a lot of photography in the mountains. I spend a lot of time outside, and so I was just kind of curious, like how you got started painting and doing art, and like what kind of 
you know, role did growing up in East Tennessee play when it, when it came to, you know, you starting to paint and kind of find your style? So like I spent the most, most of my life until I was probably like 13, um, just drawing like pencil and paper, you know, like my dad, he always had these drawings that he sent to my mom when he was away for a while. And, uh, he had all these colored pencil drawings and there was one specific one. And I don't know if we lost it in the fire or not. Cause we had a house fire back in 2011, but there was one of this deer in a pond with like lily pads and shit around. And that picture, I probably went through, I mean, thousands of pieces of copier paper trying to draw that picture. And I actually used to get in trouble because I would literally just mess up on one piece of it and throw it away, not turn it over to the back, nothing. Like I just wasted paper. And uh, so that kind of got me started into drawing. And I was really, I look back at some of it, uh, what I still have and what my mom still has and everything. And I'm like, how the hell did I do this at six years old? And it's, it's really quite crazy how good I was back then. And now if I tried to draw with a pencil, like it would just be not the same, (laughs) not near as good as I was when I was literally like eight, but like I started doing that and I spent all of my time doing that. Every bit of it. That was before, you know, I mean, this is like 1999, in 2000 and stuff so like we didn't get a gaming console or any of that stuff until later on so like that's all i had to do and i did that for years and years and um i actually never really enjoyed painting which is weird because it's really the only way i work now but i never really enjoyed painting back then i felt like it was hard it was like if you messed up you were kind of especially when you're young, like you kind of don't understand that you can just paint over it. Like you just feel defeated when you do mess up. And yeah, so I did that for a long time. And then like, I kind of realized that I was, wasn't going to, I thought that I wasn't going to be able to make anything of it. You know, like I wanted that to be, I wanted to be a tattoo artist when I was little, which is crazy to want to do when you're like 10 years old. But I wanted to do that. I wanted to get really good at drawing to a point to where I could do tattoos. My dad had tattoos, and I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. And um, so I did that for a while, and then, like, I got into – I kind of steered away from art in that sense, like draw pencil and paper, painting, all of that, any any of that sort of art. And I got into, like, playing the guitar. That was, like, my big creative outlet for – six or seven years and that's that's a you know a creative outlet in its own right in a different way but it is and uh yeah man and really I didn't get back into like drawing again until I was probably 20 and I started trying to like actively pursue being a tattoo artist and back then it was just like ridiculously competitive and you know there was no ipad the ipad has changed the tattoo game 
like absolutely changed it. There was no procreate, I should say. There was an iPad, but there was no procreate or anything. And that completely changed the landscape of tattooing. And, and back then, man, everyone, everyone that I went to, to try to apprentice under was like, yeah, you can, but it's $3,000. I was that point I had one job my first job and I was like there's no way I can come up with three thousand dollars the cheapest one I got was fifteen hundred and I was still like dude there's no way like I have to survive and they were like yeah and you'll need to be here every day you'll just basically they basically told me I would be the janitor and just watch how it was done and like kind of learn on on the side and then I realized that that, that dream was kind of <clears throat> not possible at the time. And then I got into like graphic design and that was a big part of my life for probably five years. That was something I did album art and all of that stuff. A lot of the, a lot of folks around here did that sort of thing, like taking commission work and like digital art and pretty much the best the best way, the best avenue I could find to take commissions was for album art, cover artwork and all that stuff, merch and all of that. And then I got a job at a print shop, like a t-shirt a print shop over here, about over here in Cookville about four years ago. And um, so, yeah, I was designing and printing t-shirts and uh, started doing merch and stuff for like various musicians and all of that stuff. Worked with some some folks I never thought I'd be able to work with, like YSL or ASAP Mob and all of those guys. Like that, <clears throat> that was huge to me. And did that for a while and kind of did the same thing that a lot of people do with commissions. Like you hit a low point where it's like, you know, you're just not, you're not able to, provide for yourself let alone a whole family and in october no around august 2023 or 2020 i started seeing nfts and stuff like uh, started seeing uh i followed ferocious for years dude since he was like god i think i bought a print from him when he was like 14 or something. And that blew my mind that they were 14 years old. I was like, my God, if I could have got into that at 14, that would have been huge for me. So I, I started seeing NFTs and stuff. And then a uh, old friend from the Call of Duty community, uh, ETN Kraus, he started doing it and stuff. And I, I had reached out to another old friend from the Call of Duty community who used to talk to me about creating clothing brand and stuff. And that was Loopify. That was early on. Like I, I remember I DM'd him and I was like, man, so what's up with this NFT shit? And he was like, I've been waiting for you to reach out to me about it. And he, he gave me the whole rundown, told me everything I need to know, sent me articles, sent me all this shit. So shout out Loopify for sure. And I did, I, I, most of my work was still digital. Like I got an iPad. I was using like one of the little, uh, what do they call it? A walk, Wacom, what, Wacom, Wacom. I don't know how you pronounce it. 
I know exactly the Wacom tablets. Yeah. I don't know how to say it or if that's the right way to say it, but those things are awesome. Yeah, it was – and that was a game changer, dude, because I was like, well, now I can draw and not work, like, with a mouse and kind of, like, need photos to work with for, like, photo manipulation and stuff like I did with album art and all of this. So I got that thing and was like, I'm going to start, you know, trying to really do this whole – like illustration, I guess is what I'm looking for. Digital painting, illustration, and um, started doing that. And at at a certain point, I was like, you know what? I've I've always been scared of painting, and something I've always wanted to I, something I always do is like I try to push myself to try new things. Or I kind of like the cha- I like the challenge of anything. That's why I like. I picked up the guitar. That's why I picked up a skateboard. That's why I picked up a pencil when I was three. Like I like to, I love being absolute shit at something so I can eventually turn out to be good at it. Like I love that journey. I don't know why. It's why I play golf because I suck at it. And I started painting. And the first one I did actually, I think you have it pinned up. Yeah, it was uh, Providence. And the moment that was finished, man, that was like a completely different feeling. Like I, I fell in love with it. That was it. Like once I did that, I was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. And like I did some painting in the past, but not anything I would really like document. Nothing I would really consider like an original, you know, like my official, an official piece. I did stuff in art class and all of that stuff. I had a mural at my high school for a while and I just never really considered never really considered pursuing it until I finished that painting and I was like man, this is it. Like, I got so much fulfillment out of finishing that piece that I don't even really touch my iPad anymore, man. I mean, that's just kind of how I've been for like three years now. I love, I love that, man. And it's, it's crazy to me that, um, I don't know. I feel like a a lot of the painters that I know, um, come from this background of like experimenting with a lot of different art forms and then just slowly over time kind of lean their way into painting traditionally more and more. And I think that's really cool because I, I think in order to be, you know, very like a a seasoned traditional painter, it's like, you kind of have to use a lot of these different techniques that you kind of borrow from other art styles in order to kind of make the most of what you can do with the canvas, because there's so many tools at your disposal that, that go into painting. Like I've seen, I've seen so many different techniques, so many different styles of stuff. Um, and so it's always really cool to me when someone doesn't always, or doesn't start with painting and just kind of eventually gets there after they try all these different other art things. And it, it seems to always work out really, really well. Um, I feel like I'm getting there. And it's, like I'm still trying to figure it out, man. Like I've only really been like focusing on painting traditionally for like three years, and it's still, I still, it's still me being like, you know, no, I got to get better every time. I need to get better every time. Like I'm never really satisfied with where I'm at as far as. I know how I want something to look, and a lot of times the end result turns out to look okay, pretty good. 
but I could pick it apart. I mean, for hours. Yeah, I mean, we're always going to be our own worst critics because you are there like every step of the way. And so you know all the little tiny things that you messed up on or that didn't turn out exactly the way you wanted it to. And, you know, I I think it's really, really easy for us to pick apart our own art. Um, I was literally, I was editing some photos from a show last night and was literally just doing the same thing like 30 minutes ago, man, just picking myself apart. And then I was like, okay, no, we got to chill. Let's step away (laughs) from the computer real quick. Like, you're fine. Like, no, like this turned out amazing. (laughs) These photos are great. Like, just, you know, give yourself a little bit of a break. Yeah. I mean, if you think it sucks, there's a chance there's a lot of people that'll love it. That's what I've kind of. Yeah. And like, I've I've gotten because I'll spend you know sometimes you know months on these things like just looking at it and not not months of like work but months of like trying to because I don't really have a huge idea when I go into it I do in a sense but it never ends up how I wanted it to look how I initially planned up for it to look because there's a lot of you know, imperfections and trial and error. Like I will fuck up on a face five or six times before I get it right and just paint over it every time. So like I will spend, if I'm lucky, I'll spend a couple weeks on it and everything goes smooth. It comes out exactly how I want. But then there are other times where I spend two or three months trying to get this painting right. And I mean, I have kids, so I don't work on, I don't work on art every single day. I, I wish I could. That would be so cool, but it's just not possible. And my fiance will come into the office studio, whatever you want to call it. She'll be like, that looks really good. And I'm like, no, no, it don't. It stinks. And she's kind of talked me into start. uh, I'll turn the easel around. So I don't look at it constantly. Cause like, this is like sort of my man cave in a way. Like I have my computer in here. I have, like my Xbox when I want to do that and everything. And there's this painting that I've been working on for weeks, just sitting here. So any spare second I got, I'm looking at it. And she's like, you need to just start turning the canvas around and not looking at it constantly. You're looking at it every day, all day. And that actually helps a little bit. So yeah, you're right. Like take a step away from the computer, like, Stop staring at it, at what you're trying to do for so long. It'll help a lot. No, a breath of fresh air, some fresh eyes always helps. Because I, I remember there was tons of late nights I spent when I was doing a lot of like more photo manipulation, like design type stuff with my photography, where I'd spend three, four, five hours in a night on something. And I'd be like, this this sucks. I don't know even where I want to go with this anymore. I don't even know what I'm trying to do. Like I'm so lost. I have... 20 layers in this photoshop file open right now like what what the (laughs) hell am i even doing and it was one of those things where it's like all right let's just turn the computer off let's go watch some youtube like whatever we'll touch base with this again in a day or two and i always come back to it with fresh eyes and i feel inspired and i'm like okay no i do kind of remember what i was trying to do with this and oh here's like something i remember that maybe i can try to to kind of make this come off the way that i want it to oh it makes all so fresh eyes is like it does. makes such a difference because it's so but demoralizing. I wanted to run back to something. it can be so demoralizing oh 100 percent. but and i wanted to run back to what you said too because when you were you kind of started talking about when you when you were younger you didn't really paint as much because you didn't realize that if you messed up you could just paint over it and i think that's I, one of the coolest things about painting is that even if you do mess up 
painting over it adds like all these layers to it and adds like a lot of really neat texture. And I'm kind of curious like what it was like kind of experimenting with painting over your fuck ups and mess ups and like what that kind of did to make your painting better. Like what was that kind of experience like? It was kind of a game changer, like just life changing because I'm, I'm really interested in, I love texture like in canvas and stuff. That's a lot of my work. I mean, would probably suck if there was no texture to it. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I look at it anyways. Like, I love... The first time I did it was actually on Providence. And, I, you know, I, I especially then I painted with only acrylic. And acrylic can get real chunky and all that stuff. And I painted over the initial face. That's why it's really heavy black. It was actually more brown before. And I painted over it and was like holy shit well that that came into it the next day or a few hours later can't really remember and was like wow that actually looks really cool so i actually fucked up i actually will lay down a layer now that i don't plan on any of it being seen really except maybe like a little color peeking through like if i'm gonna do a white can't like a white background or something i'll lay down a bunch of black and blue or whatever primary color or something that I want and then I'll just kind of go in over it the next day with oil stick or whatever acrylic or some oil sometimes if I don't mind letting it dry for weeks but now I mean I, I do that almost intentionally like kind of paint layers and layers and layers on stuff just because there's something so satisfying about texture and painting i don't i don't know what i don't really know why but it just fascinates me so a lot of like excuse me voice is getting a little hoarse but the um a lot of the process for me is trying to bring out i want people to because we work you know all of our work is digitally presented nowadays in this space and everything, like I want you to be able to see it and almost be able to feel it. Like I want you to be able to look at it and want to like touch it. That's something that I want in my work. I want you to be able to like, look at it and be like, wow, I love how gritty or how whatever it looks. Yeah. And I think I was going to say, I think it's really important. Uh, because like you were saying, everything that we're doing, especially in, in with NFTs and being in the space and it being so heavily reliant on digital media, um, texture has become even more important than it was originally, I feel like. Because, you know, I, I always remember like when I was younger being in art museums and different things like that and seeing art in person and, and being fascinated with the texture. And then, you know, growing up, you move immediately into Instagram and I was starting to take pictures and all this kind of thing. And uh you know, you lose that entire texture of like being able to look at a piece, kind of almost even feel it with your eyes. Um, But I think, um, you know, with the technology that we have now and how easy it is to like photograph, especially physical works like paintings. And I know a lot of, you know, collage artists that have really good scans of their work where you can really see and almost feel the texture, even, you know, when you're looking at it digitally, like it's so, so important to try and maximize that um in in pieces because i think it gives it that extra little bit of layer of you know of something to stick out um 
you know, because when you're scrolling through your timeline and you're just seeing clean picture after clean picture, 3D renders that look unreal, and then you come across a painting with all this weird texture and craziness to it, it's like a breath of fresh air. Um, I agree. And so I love that all of your pieces, man, you can zoom in. Like I was just zooming in on Providence while you were chatting and just kind of looking at the texture and like looking at the part of the, you know, you said you'd painted it brown initially, but it ended up more black. So I'm like zooming in on that part of the painting and like looking at it and you can feel the, the canvas kind of breathing behind all these layers of paint. And it's just, it's so amazing to see. Thanks. Um, So I'm glad that you like kind of take, that approach of like trying to put as much texture into the work and like the forethought that comes with it, like going that extra mile to like put a few extra layers down before you even start the painting. Because like you said, you don't have a ton of time. You can't paint every day. Like you're raising kids, but it would be so easy for you to just be like, no, I want to start this painting today. Like I'm ready to go. But taking that extra step to like put down those extra layers that you want to kind of give yourself, you know, the ability to have that final textured product that you want is like, it's amazing. It's really, it's, it's really like, it's kind of an easy way to get your foot in the door of the piece. You know what I mean? Like, because it can be a little, I mean, obviously love creating, but sometimes it's like exhausting because I have to, like I, I have to, or I'm in a bad mood. Like I love to paint and love to create. So it's like some days I don't feel like doing it, you know? And it's real, it's a real easy way to ease yourself into the work to just lay down a couple layers of nothing, essentially like no structure, no nothing. You're just like, okay, now I've started this piece in a few weeks or month or two or whatever. It'll be a finished product. And hopefully I do it in a way that I feel comfortable showing everyone. So like, it's kind of a, almost like a tactic i use to kind of get work started just laying down a couple layers of whatever color or whatever with texture in mind so i kind of like that i kind of like that i do that because it makes it a little easier to just get work going you know get get the ball rolling and i'm and i'm curious as well like i know a lot of people kind of have multiple different canvases that they're they're working on at a time are you kind of the type of person where you you start something and you finish it or do you kind of let yourself kind of go a couple different directions if you need to um because i feel like uh, you know some people are good at like hopping back and forth between stuff i'm not necessarily that way i kind of have to sit down and, and focus on this one thing and do that before i can do anything else like i have too many when i have too many projects that i'm trying to work on at the same time or different batches of photos that i'm editing it gets all out of whack and the final product doesn't look good for me. It's, but are, are you able to kind of bounce back and forth between pieces or do you just have to sit down and like do the one until it's done? Oh shit. I was muted. Um, I, it's kind of, it kind of depends on what stage I'm at in the pieces. Like if I'm in the home, if I'm in the home stretch, like the set, the back nine of the canvas, I'm all in on that piece. But if I'm kind of early on and I have like two or three ideas and a few canvases on hand, I will, you know, lay down a layer and then sit, take it off the easel, sit it to the side, let it dry, and I'll throw another one up. So I've I've done that a few times, but I am more so like a 
till it's finished, focus on one. Because I feel like if my mind's too, if I go to this other piece and my mind gets too focused on that, it'll just, that I'll work on that one till I'm finished. But if, if they're in a the certain, there's a sweet spot where I can, you know, take it down, let it dry and start a new one. So, yeah, I mean, I do it every now and then, but <clears throat> not often. I'm, I am a pretty, uh, yeah. pretty focused when it comes to each piece, but I'm also a guy that, you know, if I have three different, you know, uh, an, an entree and two sides on my plate, like I'll eat them all before I move on to the next one, you know, like I'll eat the entree and then eat the side and then eat the other side. So I am kind of one of those guys. <laughs> Making me hungry now, man. Come on. Oh, I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't got the BLT delivered? No, I guess, you know, someone forgot about me in here. Uh-oh. <laughs> Damn. Um, but I love that, man. I'm glad that you're kind of able to bounce back and forth between stuff if you need to. Um, I feel like it's a, it's a good skill to have. It's something that I definitely – trying to cultivate a little bit more in myself. And so it's, it's cool that you're able to, when you need to, but I think there's also this, this beauty to like really focusing on something and just spending all your time on that until, until you think it's a finished piece, just getting immersed in, in the project or thing that you're working on is, is beautiful. And like such a fun process when you kind of get into that flow. State oh, it's the with, best, uh, it's the best the feeling piece you're working world, on. Really? Like I love when I get, so infatuated with a a piece that like I wake up the next morning, like can't fucking wait, like can't go get my coffee fast enough, you know, like I'm just so ready to get back to it. Like that's the best feeling ever aside from finishing it. Finishing it is the best feeling ever. Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, I, I'm the same way. Like when I start editing a batch of photos, sometimes I'm just like, tunnel vision and i'll look up and it's been like three and a half hours and i'm just sitting there on my computer still and i'm like damn i was really just like completely caught up in this so like you're saying that's like definitely definitely one of the best feelings in the world you feel so Um, accomplished but uh, so accomplishing oh yeah absolutely it's like there's nothing better than being like oh man i really just got to work and like made exactly what i wanted to make with with what i was working on um it's it's amazing when when it happens um but I wanted to jump back because something you said earlier was, was kind of funny to me because I feel like there's such a correlation to like members of the gaming community and people who are doing NFTs now. I feel like half of the people that I chat with um, that have gotten into NFTs were like either in the COD community or doing some sort of like gaming stuff and trying to make artwork within that scene back in the day. And so I'm just curious if like um, you think that your skills like, you know, that you gained working in the COD community, just being in an online community, learning how to interact with people online. Like, do you think that has helped you kind of assimilate better into working within like web three and the NFT community on Twitter? I actually, yeah. Like it's, it's weird because like I started, whenever I started doing graphic design, like I started in the 2k Bat, like NBA 2K community. That's because I played the shit out of the video game every year. And people had these cool little profile pictures and shit. And I was like, you yeah, know, I can make that. You know, I mean, I, I'm an artist. Like, I can do that. 
Started doing it. Fucking sucked at it. Like, I was terrible. And I really, it was the same thing that I was telling you earlier. Like, I sucked at it, and that made me want to do it more. Like, I wanted to be good at it. So, I did that for a while. Got really good at it. Got, you know, praise and all this shit from, like, the, the community and everything. And moved to the Call of Duty community to start doing that because their shit was awesome. Like their shit fit more. Like the big one is Jesper, Jesperish, who really inspired me back then. I was like, man, if I could do anything like that guy does, because you could look at like his design work and tell that he was so skilled as an artist. Different. He was different than a lot of the other folks. You know, like his work, you looked at it and you were like, okay, that guy is an artist. He's not like a GFX or whatever the fuck they called it back then. And he really inspired me. And yeah, like going to the Call of Duty community, like uh, as far as like presenting your work, interacting with people online, you know, that was kind of, kind of helps lead you towards this like the nfts and everything and the thing about nfts was that was so freeing was it was like wait i can just make what i want and hopefully it sells and hopefully i make money from it like that was huge so the moment i saw nfts from the call of duty or the 2k or the album work musicians and merch and all that shit moment I saw NFTs, I was like, yeah, this is, this is it. And it was really cool early on, like how it was a community. So you were kind of already used to that, you know, like it being a community of people all trying to do the same thing, all trying to make it in a sense. It was, it was, I was kind of prepared for it in a way, which I was only in Call of Duty for like a month. Like I joined one team because they asked me to, And it was kind of cool. I met a lot of like people who are still my friends online today from that. So like, it's, it's pretty cool, but yeah, I like your, to answer your question, I do think it kind of like prepares you for it being a part of a community, like interacting and it's sort of the same thing. Like you see work that you love here. It's the same thing as seeing work that you loved there. It's like, you know, you, you support them and, you know, you try to, instead of commissioning someone for a Twitter header, you're like, I'll buy your edition. You know, like it's, it's pretty cool. I've never been, I've never really thought of that, dude. That's a really good question. That's a cool way of looking at it. Yeah. And I, cause I think especially people that were like really heavy in the gaming community, they were kind of on that cusp of like the the thing that I love the most about Web3 and NFTs is how kind of boundaryless it feels as, as far as, like, the communities that you're in go. Like, uh, you know, just, for example, like, the Burrito Dow group chat, we have people from literally all over the world in that chat just hanging out, talking talking about art, talking about random bullshit. It's the same thing with, like, the Call of Duty community back in the day. You know, you meet all these people from all over the world. You have one awesome game with this person. And then next thing you know, two months later, y'all are best friends, playing games all the time hanging out with each other, you know, so much about their life, you know, the things that they're interested in, that sort of thing. And so it just kind of, 
the more that I've talked to people within this community and talked about how, you know, learned how they got their start. And it just feels like so much of it comes from people that were really into the Call of Duty community, gaming community like that. And I think it was just so natural for them to embrace the idea of like online community and like using technology to kind of, you know, prop themselves up as artists, um, I think is really cool. And so there's, there's so many parallels there to like these early gaming communities to like how it switches over to NFT and like web three community. And I think, people that were interested in that kind of thing were just so much more ready to embrace this online, you know, cultural shift that was happening. And so it's, it's always so interesting. And I love to see that there were all these people that I didn't even know were connected back in the day from gaming that, you know, kind of all started doing NFTs and supporting each other that way together. It's like one of the coolest things ever, honestly. Dude, that's, it's kind of, now that I think of it, since you mentioned it, one second. Dad duty calls. Yep. The girls came. But um, now that I think of it, though, since you asked the question, like, I I wonder what my experience in NFTs and an online community would have been like if I didn't, you know, get that first taste of an online community in the gaming world. Like, I don't know how that would have went think- over. That's kind of a... Good. that's a great question dude i've never been asked that and never even thought of it but now i'm like kind of flabbergasted by it yeah well and i think it all boils down to the end of the day because like in an online community the most core value i think that that has to happen is like mutual trust and that's like a hard thing to come to terms with if you're not used to trying to learn how to trust somebody over the internet for the first time, you know, which is crazy that we even do, but we do, you know, like exactly these are people half, half of these people, you don't even know what they look like. You don't know who they are. Don't know their name. Don't know anything about them, but like you trust them and you build friendships and relationships with these people. It's awesome. Yeah. And it's, and it's like a, it's kind of a skill in a way you have to kind of learn how to develop these online relationships in a way that, you know, we, we're kind of on that cusp generationally between like the rise of technology and then having like a childhood without that as well. Mm-hmm. And so I know for me, there's like so many times online where I got burned by somebody, like whether it was like getting, you know, scammed in RuneScape or something like that. Oh my so God. it's like you kind of learn early on when it's low stakes, you know, how, how to kind of form and build trusting relationships in these online communities. And so I think a lot of people that were into gaming kind of had the leg up on understanding how to, kind of interact in that environment and obviously there's a lot more at stake when we're talking about nfts because there's like actual you know money on the line and you know you can actually really really mess up um and like compromise whole wallets and collections and things like that if you're not careful and not trusting the right people and so i think people that were in that community just kind of have that kind of learned ability on how to like build trusting relationships within online communities and so i think it it was very natural uh, to see that that people like that gravitated towards um, Web three like Twitter communities and that sort of thing. So when you like really sit back and think about it, it does it does make a lot of sense. That's crazy, man! You got scammed on RuneScape too. <laughs> oh yeah, man! So many times, <laughs> bro. I think I a, that's like I had a friend give me an account that was awesome. I'll never forget the account name, Doctor J thirty four. Yeah, some dude took me to the woods and took everything I had, man. And I never yep. logged yeah. back in again, dude. I was like, I'm sorry, bro. Thanks for the account, but I lost all your shit. 
It's. I feel like the rite of passage for for getting into Web three is getting scammed in RuneScape. <laughs> like if you haven't got scammed in RuneScape, you're not like an actual true member of Web three. Sounds like a gotta, you gotta get to scammed. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but and you know, but you learn from that shit, and and so if you're able to have a learning process early on and not have to get a wallet compromised, you know, and the, obviously there's other ways to get wallets compromised, that sort of thing. I'm not. I'm not saying that it's a it's a easy thing to avoid. Like, there's definitely so many ways that you know people are getting really crafty with it. But I feel like there's an extra level of uh, kind of learned innate like ability to spot sketchy situations that you get from just being online a lot as a as a kid or when you were younger and just kind of interacting with people. Because there's always going to be people be people that don't have your best interest in mind, and so like kind of being able to spot that, like you said, when you don't even know someone's real name, don't even know much about them, like kind of being able to feel those relationships out and spot that is like pretty important. So I just always think it's so crazy how many, how many people were in that, in that community and are in web three now. It just, it blows my mind. Yeah. I mean, you're blowing my mind. I just makes a lot of questions. I mean, I'm still like, (laughs) I'm still like, my God, man, there's a lot of parallels there. Like you're so many, so many parallels, but, um, all right, I kind of wanted to ask too, like, what are you working on right now? Do you have anything that you can kind of share with us about drops coming up or different things that you're working on, or you got to kind of keeping things under wraps? Um, I'm actually, I know you've got, actually, I mean, I have the one piece listed on Super Rare right now, which if anyone wants to go have I'll a see, up again. go have a little look, see, you know, I'd, I'd appreciate it. It's an important one. I felt really good about that one because it was uh, a little different. A little more, I don't want to say a little more polished, but a little bit. It's it's more, it's not more thought out or anything like that, but it was definitely, I knew what I wanted to do going in, which is not normally the way I go about painting. I kind of just go in and wing it more often than not. I'll have the idea in mind, but have no idea how I want it to look. And that's part of why it takes me forever to drop work. Like it's my first one of one in since October, I think. And it was just, I, it's actually painted over an entirely different piece, which, which I think there was kind of a beauty in that too. Like the piece that was initially on that canvas, which is huge, by the way, it's three feet by three feet. It was, a, a bear and a bull, which I do want to revisit the idea, the concept later. It was a bear and a bull, like in a bullfighting ring. And the bull was like, you know, winning the fight. And <clears throat> I decided one day I went in there and looked at it and I was like, this isn't, this don't even feel real. Like nothing about this feels real to me. And I had always wanted to do a painting like based off of my fiance. It's, it's semi based off of her, but I always wanted to do that. Like a painting that was more real and emotional for me than some painting about the fucking crypto market. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like liberating to paint over that thing. Because it felt like I was doing it for the wrong reasons. Like it was going to be my first one of one of the year. And 
I had told myself like in December, I was like, this next painting I'm going to get, I'm going to put out, I want to do a big canvas and I want it to be a bear and a bull in a fucking bullfighting ring, just duking it out. And it's still a pretty cool idea. And the way that I pictured it wasn't really coming out how I wanted it to whenever I started working on it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to paint something from the heart. So this one was from the heart. So that felt good just to get that out there. And even if it's not, you know, nobody's really interested in it right now. One day they will be like one day they will be, they'll look at it and they'll be like, wow, different from his other work. And I really wanted to try and work more with color, like different colors. Like a lot of my paintings, people, people label me a dark artist, which I don't get. That's not, not really my intention. There's all those dark art Twitter accounts and Instagram accounts and stuff that'll like repost my shit. And I'm like, thank you. Obviously very appreciative, but it's not, that's not how I want my work really to be seen love dark art god there's so many (laughs) there's so many artists that make dark art that i love but that's just not how i've seen my work how i've always saw my work so i wanted to do something a little more light and pretty but still obviously by me to where it's still kind of gritty still kind of like some pretty colors some like somber essence to it but um, that wasn't even your question, dude. My bad to ramble about that. Your question was about future drops. No, dude. <laughs> no, no, that's, I mean, this is exactly what I wanted. I was just kind of, you know, we talked a lot about the past and different things. And so I just, you know, I wanted to let you talk a little bit about, about current stuff, you know. Um, but I, I do love this latest piece. And like you said, it's, I think it's very different from a lot of the work that you've been posting recently. But it's still instantly recognizable as a, as a John piece. Um, and that's what I love that you have developed yourself to the to the point now as a, as a painter. Like you said, you've only been doing traditional painting for a few years. But you've developed yourself enough as a painter now to where even when you are exploring and doing things that that are quite different from you know what you have been recently, it's still very identifiable as you. And I think that's the most important thing at the end of the day. Well, that's my favorite part. Is that you're about able to do that. People's work is like I love when I can look at a person's work and not see the username or anything and be like that's a thomas stokes you know or that's a etn like i love that that's like my favorite thing about people's work is like how identifiable it is like that that part is so interesting to me because it's all about like the way you convey the concept that you're trying to put out there you know, and I love whenever I can look at someone's work and be like, that's them. That's like my favorite thing. And yeah, yeah, I just love that. So I appreciate you saying that my work is identifiable. That's what I always hope for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you think that like kind of going in a different direction with this piece and, you know, still being able to kind of like, like you said, see parts of your art in it, even though it's kind of different than your other stuff. Do you think that's going to give you more encouragement or maybe more desire to kind of start doing more different stuff, but still leaving pieces of like the core of you as an artist? Like, is it, is it giving you a little bit more desire to do that? Oh, or? 100%, dude. 
like it always, like I've said, I've said it a couple times already. Like I'm always about trying to push the envelope every time, you know, like I'd love to sort of, I mean, in my, my new piece that I'm working on right now that I'm actually actively working on, I'm just letting it dry right now. I was working on it a little bit earlier in the space, but it's still remnants of like past works, you know, it's not super different, like the latest one on super rare, but it's still like me kind of polishing the older stuff. So, I mean, I think it's a better version of other pieces, you know, all my pieces kind of feature this character or this technique or something and I'm just kind of trying to polish it a little bit like I want it to be better every time you know so but yeah it's definitely gonna I definitely want to try and do more things that you maybe wouldn't see from me but do it in a way that people will be like oh that's really cool John did a landscape like and it still looks like his you know, like I want it to be, I want to, I do want to push that a little more, not landscapes necessarily. I do want to do a, an Appalachian, Appalachia too, so to speak, but. I was, I was going to say like, even though you're like, oh, I don't necessarily want to go and do tons of landscapes, but I personally would love to see that from you because just being from Appalachia myself and kind of growing up in the same area as you, I think your art lends itself really well to a lot of the culture from this area. Um, Cause it's, it's very gritty. There's lots of texture, that sort of thing. And it's kind of an area that's known for its grit, its determination, um, its rawness. And so I think your style would lend itself really well to, to some special landscapes from like this area. So You'll like I this personally would one, love, man. love to see that. Um, you might have to send me a little sneak peek then, man. I will. It's a, uh, so it's not a landscape, but I don't know, man, it, as crazy as it sounds, I've been listening to a whole lot of Johnny Cash lately. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. There's, there's one artist that I want to shout out real quick who I just love the way that she captures sort of the Western like cowboys and, you know, horses and just old beat up trucks and shit. Like the way that she captures that is a uh, Riley Stasienko. I don't know if you, you're familiar with her work. Yes. Oh my God. Dude. Very. So, I mean, yes. probably my favorite painter on the internet ever. Just fantastic. And I love the way that she like, the subject matter is so, it it's so nonchalant. It's just like, you know, women in bonnets shooting a rifle or something. And like that stuff just strikes a chord with me for some reason. Like, I love that. And I don't know. I want to try and kind of explore more of that sort of thing, but still it'd be a little, you know, gritty and kind of raw. Like, like I like to do with a lot of my work, but I want it. I, I just love that. So that's kind of like a, a preview into what I'm working on right now. Uh, I love that. And that's, that's really exciting. Uh, Riley's work is fucking phenomenal. I've been, been a big fan for a while. 
uh, pre pre the crypto Twitter awakening that happened. Oh, for like, sure. I've always been big, big, big fan of their work. Um, so I'm excited, man, for you to kind of get to experiment a little bit of that. And I'm sure moving back east is going to hit you with a lot of inspiration that you're not even aware of yet. Oh, I can't wait. Um, That's the biggest part about it, dude. Middle Tennessee is beautiful, but there's something about East Tennessee, man, that is just just so fucking special. Bro, it's so flat uh, it's out just, here. It's different out it's here. It's so flat. Yeah, you need to get back into the hills, man. Got to get back into the hills. But, um... Yeah, I wanted to kind of also go ahead and invite, like, if anybody wants to, like, pop up on stage and say hey or ask John any questions, like, please feel free to do so. Go ahead and request, and we'll we'll get you up here. But, John, I just really appreciate you taking the time tonight, man. It's been uh, – this is – I think it's the first time we've actually talked vocally together. We've, we've been DMing back and forth for a while now, but it's good to finally kind of get to sit and chat with you for a little bit. Um, Bro, likewise. Too. To two East Tennessee boys, we uh, we got to stick together, and it's fun to just sit and chat and talk about art. And I think I have a really good understanding about the what, a lot of the things that that shape your art, just because we have grown up in you know similar environments in a sense. Um, and so it's really cool to kind of hear a lot of the backstory about you know when you started art and you know drawing from such a young age and how that led to you kind of turning to this traditional painting world. Um, and you know, you, like you said, you haven't been doing it very long three years in the in the big picture painting is like not that long and so i can't wait to see you know three four five years down the line what kind of stuff you're making because you you know you got a good head on your shoulders you're trying to push the envelope you're not scared to do different things and i think that's the most important thing for longevity as an artist is to just be able to push the envelope and continue to experiment and and not let yourself get bored with the medium that you're working in and i'm sure you'll even you know probably switch mediums for a bit at some point in the future too so just really excited to to keep up with you and you know see what you do down the line man dude thank you and yeah it's it's been great like actually getting to finally speak with you because yeah we've been we've talked in dms a bunch and everything and kind of crazy we grew up less than an hour away from each other crazy yeah and like we I, i just love that you know, it's really cool to get to talk to you and we're very relatable, you know? Absolutely, man. Um, is there anything else you wanted to chat about before we wrap up tonight? Um, like future stuff that you're working on or any mints thinking of down the line or anything else you kind of want to promote or pin up, feel free to do so. Um, I might pin up another piece or two, I guess. Uh, also what I'm working on currently um, it's going to be, I'm not sure if I'm doing like an open edition or a limited. I feel like open editions kind of fallen off in a way, depending on who you are. Um, I think I kind of want to keep it limited, but I am going to drop an edition soon. I'm pretty excited about that. It's the piece that I'm currently working on as we speak. Um, not sure of a title yet. I'd give you all a title, but I'm teetering between like three different things. So if anybody want to give me, you know, a little vote on what we should title it, that would be cool. But I'm going to keep it for, I'm going to keep it under wraps for now. But yeah, man, That's nothing, a- nothing really else. Nothing else. Like I, I just, I'm just happy to get to, you know, tell my story a little bit there's not a whole lot of people but i'm glad y'all hung around to listen shout out adhd 
space. Big fan of space. My God. Big fan of space. Yeah, and was also a fan of Circus Survive back in the day. So. <laughs> but yeah, John, thanks so much. Uh, loved hearing your story. And um, if you missed it tonight or there was anybody that didn't get to hear it, like we do upload all of our stuff to, to YouTube and eventually to Spotify as well. So, um, you know, there's going to be ability to kind of go back and revisit this and you'll be able to share this in the future if you need to, um, to kind of let people kind of on their own time, take a dive into your story and just kind of listen to, to our conversation tonight. So there is always that too, but definitely appreciate everyone who showed up tonight. Uh, we love doing these burrito Dow spaces. We love highlighting artists that, you know, we love and artists that are, you know, close to us. And so it's always a good night when, uh, especially on a Friday like this, you get to just chat about art and, you know, have fun with your friends. So really, really appreciate you taking the time tonight, John. Oh, of course, man. Of course. It's my pleasure. Absolutely. Well, thanks everybody. I think we're going to go ahead and wrap here for the night. Um, if you like listening to, to people chat about art and different things relating to the crypto web three, all of that, give Brita Dow a follow. We do spaces weekly with all kinds of different artists do cool stuff like our art throwdown, all sorts of different shit. So if you like art, you like crypto, you like burritos, follow Burrito Dow. If you like painting, if you like East Tennessee, if you like cool art, <laughs> follow John. Maybe go bid on a super rare piece. Maybe keep an eye out for his editions that are coming soon. Um, but yeah, thanks, John. Thank you guys oh, for being course, here. Of course, man. Uh, shout out to Space, Trail Mix, Dallas, and Troop, man. Uh, thanks for hanging out the whole time. I appreciate you guys, man. Some real ones. Thank you, guys. All right, y'all have a good one, man. I'm going to go eat a BLT. So enjoy that, sir. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, talk to you, boys. Peace out, guys. Thank you.